So why don't we stand this morning and welcome the man of God to the stage, Pastor Steve Penny. Take your seats. God bless you. Excellent. Aren't you glad you're in church? I love it. I love coming to Ipswich. It helps me so much to appreciate the Sunshine Coast. (laughs) That's enough. (laughs) But here we are in church, people of God. Thank you. This is, I come every year. I'll tell you something. Every time I come to Ipswich, which is at least once a year, every time I do, I am stirred in my spirit. And uh, I don't say this lightly. God says, declare over them there is an awakening coming for this city. And, and don't be alarmed or intimidated by things that may happen in your city because God has an agenda for this city. I don't know why, but he does. And uh, he wants to do something significant. And every time I pray for it, which, uh, I see a, a significant church. In, no, I don't mean just one. I see the church significant. Uh, like the city of God, a city with foundations that can't be shaken, can't be intimidated, won't retreat, but is getting more glorious continually. And I just believe that, that, and I say this every year, the last few years, it's time for you to get a hold of the fact that you're here right on time. Something is happening and you need to rise into that and see the blessing and the fulfillment of all God's promised you over the years come to pass. You're not here as a spectator. God wants you to participate with his purpose for this city. And so you are ready for that. Don't resile and back away from it. You're ready for what God wants to do. Can you say amen? Amen. I've, I've brought some resource with me because I love to leave a deposit in people's lives and you can get some of this. Uh, I've, I've, there's five books in this pack. You can buy them as a pack, which is obviously the wise thing to do, or you can buy them individually. This, you can see them up the back. I'm not going to open it. I don't think that's fair to spoil the surprise. But, so there's five books that I've written, uh, and you can get them, and there's a whole different range of subjects at present uh, in there that will be a blessing to you. I've also got some CD packs, three CDs, with a whole lot of messages on. But then I've got these. They're called drop cards. They're little plastic cards. They're useless, except on the back, it has the website and a password, a code. And so you go to the website, you put in the code, and you download whatever is on this one. And uh, uh, so uh, you can put it on your iPad, your phone, your computer, whatever. It's the way we do stuff now. And so they're called drop cards. I have seven of those. Three of them will be the same as the CDs. One of them is the book that you can buy or you can now download it as a drop card. 
And so you can get those, you can buy them individually, or you can buy the whole seven, which is the only wise way to go. And so you can get the whole seven. But this one here is my latest one. And uh, this, uh, women, the women can't listen to this. It's called Straight Talk for Strong Men. And it's for men only. It's, it's got the R, restricted little logo on it. So I talk about things that should never be mentioned in public. And uh, so that's for men. You'll love that. Every woman should buy that, not listen to it, but give it to your man without listening to it. So there it is. You got that? I'll leave those and they'll take those up the back after. They're all over there on the table. As you know, I travel now full time all over the place. I'm home in Australia for a few weeks and then I take off for my next nine, ten week trip, uh, Europe, America, Canada, wherever. And so every year at the start of the year, I say, God, give me your God word. What's the word I should carry wherever I go to share with your church? Because that's what I do. I blow a trumpet about what God's doing and saying. And so I want to share with you this morning and tonight, I'll probably do the second part tonight, I want to share with you my God word for 2017. And it's, it's a pretty simple word. I don't know what the heading they've got up there is. Uh, Arise, shine, your light has come. I'm going to preach on the light of God that's come that you have to arise into. Because it's a pretty special time. Have they got this? Yeah, rise and shine. There, look at that. So the, the scripture we're going to look at is Isaiah 60 and verse 1. And it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord, or the glorious light of the Lord, has risen or is increasing upon you. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glorious light of eternity of the Lord is increasing upon you. Now, you'll notice here that there's something you've got to do. You've got to, when God's light shines upon you and the church and a city, you've got to make a deliberate action of faith to rise into the light. You've got to actively rise into the light by faith. For example, you've got a big offering, I think, coming up. How many weeks from now? Two more weeks. You've got a big offering. Well, if that's going to be a blessing and a light revelation that this is incredible in God, you've got to rise into it. You, do, you just don't sit there and say, oh, there's a few shillings. Shillings. <laughs> there's a few re ru rupees or whatever it is. You've got to rise in faith. Anything in God, you've got to rise by faith into it. And so if we read this verse in the Australian version, Arise, shine, your light has come, the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. It wouldn't say arise, shine. It would say get up and strut your stuff. Get a bit of a swagger about you. You know, like when we win the state of origin. Get a bit of a swagger. I love preaching in New South Wales after state of origin. I, it's the, I think it's the only time in my life I am merciless. But I do it in love. Anyway, 
So get up and stretch your stuff. The light is shining. Rise into it and shine. Stretch your stuff. Here's the bottom line of this whole thing. And we need to get this clearly understood. In the last days, the light of God will increase on his people. And the darkness will increase on the wicked. That's what it says in Isaiah 60. Darkness and deep, deep darkness is, is everywhere. But the light of God is increasing on you. And so these two things become in stark contrast. And you've got to become obsessed with one or the other. You've got to make up your mind. Am I going to rise into the light or am I going to withdraw because of the darkness? Now, here's the thing about this glorious light of God. God is three things. He's light, life, and love. Isn't that right? God is light, life, and love. So God is eternal light eternal life and eternal love. The big deal here that many people haven't realized is that eternal light is different to created light. Eternal life is different to created life. Our eldest son Andrew, as most of you know, died in 2003 of cancer, went to heaven. People say, how did you, how did you get through that? How did you handle that? You know, the loss of life. And I say, I have a life source that is different to created life. You see, it takes the sting out of when someone stops living a created life when they are empowered with eternal life. Same with uh, eternal love. Eternal love is different to created love. Created love says, I'll love you if you love me. That's what it says. People come to me all the time as a pastor and say, I cannot forgive what that person has done to me. And I always say, nor can I. Because naturally, it's impossible to forgive. But with eternal love, God's love, you have the power to forgive. It's totally different. And so when we come to eternal love, Light, eternal light is different to created light. See, we uh, create a lot of light called religious light. And religious light, we create it, we make rules and regulations and laws and, you know, all that stuff with created light, even though it's religious light, and uh, we shine that on people. You haven't been a good boy. And so we're going to put you on probation. We'll give you a second chance, but we're watching you. The light is on you. Well, that's totally different to eternal light. And this is important because this is what I want you to get today. The glorious light that is coming as your light that God wants you to rise into is not like created natural light. Do you know that God's light doesn't reveal skin color. Just don't, can't see it. Even better, the glorious light of God doesn't reveal body shape. Gee, that's good news. No, that is good news. God's light is totally different to created light. 
God's light doesn't come to reveal your past misdemeanors. People think that's all God's fixated on. I'm going to search you out. No, that's religious light. Yeah, God does search the inward parts, but only to reveal something miraculous that so many people don't understand. And so when I preach like this, come on, God's light is shining in a stronger, more powerful way. The glory of God is shining on the church. A lot of people actually back away from that. Well, I don't want God's light to reveal every flaw that I have, every little, you know, cranky fit that I have, every time I try and run over the dog and, you know, whatever. (laughs) I don't want the light to... And so people back away. In every church I've ever been to, people back away from the light because they've been taught the whole time it's religious light. Not those words, but they've been taught the light is exactly that. It's going to show all your... How many of you know here today, church, that we are all crackpots? All of us. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the glory may be of God and not of us. In other words, now that is worth clapping. I impressed myself when I said that. Here's the deal. If God puts his glory in you, don't you think he knew that you were an idiot before he did that? And he still did it. We're all crackpots. Don't look at the person next to you, but man, are they flawed. This is, the great, this is probably one of the greatest revelations of the Christian faith. Understanding that, that you have divinity in you. I, I, I am both dust and divine. And you've got to make a choice as to which one's going to rule your life. You're dust or you're divine. And you'll never shine and you'll never change the city. And you'll, you can sit in church and sing your little songs till the cows come home and never change a city until you get a church where the majority of people know that they have the divine grace and glory of God within them. In their fractured, flawed state. Your neighbours know you come to church. They either see you as fulfilling religious duty or going to light, light it up a bit more. They know you're cracked. They know you're flawed. They know all that stuff. Uh, one of the things I've found about God is that when you rise into his light, found in the word, the Holy Ghost, you rise into that, his glory actually shines best out of your cracks, out of all of your flaws. Because people know, they know your humanity. But when you shine, they say, shee, I thought he was dumb. I thought he was a pretty average sort. But look at him, there's something about his faith. That's all people have to say of you. We know you, but there's something about your faith. You're starting to shine. Hear what I'm saying? So when, when I preach this morning, rise and shine into the glorious light, you need to understand by faith you rise into that in your present state. 
Religion says, no, no, you better work some more on the pot. We're going to polish that pot. It's not about how shiny the pot is. It's how shiny the glory is in the vessel. That's all you have to do to overcome and see the blessing of God. So what does God's light reveal in us? Well, there's three things. I'm going to talk about the first one this morning and the other two maybe tonight. The first thing that God's light reveals in you and I is our divinity. Christ in me. The light shines to reveal my divinity. It doesn't shine to reveal a cracked pot with rough edges. It never does. God doesn't do that. Do you think God's in heaven, the great creator of all things, and he's shining his light to check out whether your dust is shiny, whether your tiny little, you're just a little speck of dust. That's the, that's the incredible miracle of God is that he would take God's glory and, cry, and put it inside a little speck of dust. Heavens to Betsy. I don't know who Betsy is, but I've, I've often thought of her. <laughs> so, we're going to look at what the light of God reveals in you. Here's, here's the first thing that the light reveals when you rise into it. It reveals God's light. Yeah, we've done that. Move on. Here's the next one. God's light reveals Christ in you. If you get this, you're going somewhere. God's light reveals Christ in you. We've got a scripture in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 6. I love this scripture. It says, for it is God, it's the end of the matter, who commanded light to shine out of darkness. doesn't say there's no darkness. It says the light will shine stronger than darkness and out of darkness. And then it says this, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God where? In the face of of Jesus Christ. So when God's light comes and shines on you, he's not shining on your flaws and failings. He's actually shining on the face of Jesus. Christ in me, the hope of glory. That's all you have to know. Therefore, I want to rise into the light. I want to read the word. I want to pray. I want to be in God's presence. I want to rise into the light because it shines on the face of Jesus in me. And if it shines on the face of Jesus, that's what other people will see in you if you start to dare to rise into the light. Can you say amen? amen. Second thing that the, the light reveals starts with shining on Jesus. The second thing the light reveals is your righteousness. This is absolutely imperative that you get this. Because if you don't, the devil does not want you to know that you're, for you to understand that you're righteous in him. So our scripture is, the next one, it's in uh, Psalms 37 verse 6. I'm sorry, I was using the original language. No, Psalm, Psalm 37 verse 6. Listen to what it says. He shall bring forth your righteousness with his light. Or as the light. And so when the light of God shines on you, it's not looking for your flaws. It's revealing Christ in you, the hope of glory, his righteousness, 
becomes your righteousness. I grew up in church. My dad was a preacher. And uh, when I was young in church, um, church was different back in, back way back before the Boer War. And uh, <laughs> years ago when I was young, church was a, a bit different. Some of you will remember it was very, very focused on rules, legalism, and all that stuff. And so when they talked of the light of the Holy Spirit, it was always with some crazy look at the light of the Spirit. <laughs> Searching. Searching the depths. Have you been? They'd go on like this. And he knows. And I'd be sitting there, you know, and shaking. And he knows every dirty thought you've had. Because I'd had some. I'd be shrinking back. Search. I don't know why, but over here, I think it applies over here. Yes! And I go on like this. Every youth camp, every church meeting, you, you, you just searching. And they go on. And those, those bad words you, you've said. And I, damn, what, uh, I've said some. The only way I could get out of those services, seriously, would be sitting there and I'd nudge the guy next to me. I'd say, God's talking to you. Get out the front. So he'd go out and grovel in his brokenness. And we'd go out for pizza. Just seemed to work. I hated those dust bowl altar calls. You know, the truth is, any dumb preacher can fill an altar call. Now, I shouldn't use those two words, dumb preacher. Maybe, maybe. Anyway, but any dumb preacher can fill an altar call. All we have to do is go for your flaws, your, your humanity, your, your brokenness, your dust. And we can get a dust bowl altar call. When the church realized that that isn't going to change the world, we started to grow. We had a revelation. And I probably was maybe early 20s. Yeah, it would have been early 20s when a whole shift came to the church and we started to get a revelation of that's not really how God sees us. And we called it back then new creation realities. And it started to sweep through the, who we are in Christ and who Christ is in you. And it changed my life. And I, I remember uh, I was sort of, uh, I don't know, well, early 20s, but I was early in leadership and I was struggling between my call and my fall. You've got to realize God's light shines on your call, not your fall. And we've been preached the opposite for far too long. That's why people sit back there and say, oh, the, 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 the vase, the vessel is not polished enough yet. And you despise the glory of God within you. And you, you put down your divinity and you walk in your humanity. No wonder you can't flourish. And so I was in my early 20s trying to be a leader, struggling between my call and my fall, 
I was in Adelaide at the time and this new creation thing and we had a singer from America come through who sang all these kind of new creation reality songs and I'll never forget this song because somehow it got into me and I've got the words up here I think uh, for this uh, song here it is he sang this I've sort of put it together and then changed some words so uh, I like it <laughs> and it, it says this it says, I am the righteousness of God in Christ, a brand new creation in him. I'm a partaker of his divine nature. In me, he will not impute sin, which means like an accountant to add up all your sins. In me, he won't do that. I use this uh, song, it's a scripture also, I use this with my wife Marion. I said, if God's not going to count my sins, woman, neither are you. No, no, sometimes, sometimes you have to use scripture. <laughs> we, when I, we built the, our church on the Sunshine Coast, it, it grew very quickly in the early days. And so we had to go look for something else. And we finally, after a protracted period, we were able to get this big university innovation centre, seated a couple of thousand, it was a huge place. And uh, so we got that and we just boomed there as well. God was good to us. But uh, there was a family that was with us in the early days and this guy was a, um, a long, tall Texan, big, tall guy, and he came to church wearing a, a big Texan hat and the belt, and the boots, and, and the whole family would come. They're good people. They blessed us and were a great part of the journey for a while. But this guy, every Sunday in this big place, the, order, the, the foyer was bigger than this. So I'd, I'd come in and I'd walk across the foyer, and he'd be waiting for me at the door every Sunday. And I'd say, good morning, how are you? And he'd always respond exactly the same. Good morning, how are you? Well, I'm just a poor sinner boy. First time I heard it, it shocked me. I thought either he's on something or I am. But that doesn't sound right. I'm just so for months I don't know why I let it go on so long. Except that I'm patient, loving, kind, and gentle. Anyway. Why state the obvious? Anyway. So I don't know why I let it go on for months. Every Sunday, how you going? Good to see you. I'm just a poor sinner boy. One Sunday, have you ever said something without thinking? Yeah, Marion does that. No, I'm sorry. Anyway, one Sunday, I walked up to him and said, how you going? Good to see you. Well, I'm just a poor sinner. And before I could even think, it just leapt out of me. And I said, shut up! Seriously, it frightened me. And I knew it frightened him because his hat lifted. <laughs> and then here we are staring at each other. I don't know what to do. I'm frightened of the person I'm becoming. And he's frightened. And so I just stand there. Like this. He's staring at me and we're in shock. And so there's one leadership rule that I've designed. If, if you're not sure what to do, go on the offensive. 
So, I don't know if it's in the Bible, but sometimes it's worked. So I, I thought, I, I don't know what to do. So I pointed at him and said, we don't talk like that. I don't preach like that. We don't sing like, and we don't pray like that. So you will never talk like that again. Now, he, his head is spinning. I have no idea what to do. And so I just turn and bolt. Next Sunday, how you doing, man? Good to see you. He said, I'm just a poor sinner boy. I thought, I'm going to have to hit him. Anyway, but the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, he's not ready to change. You'll have to change. And I said, I'm not changing. He's the idiot. Why should I change? God said, he's not ready to change. You've got to change. So the next Sunday, I thought, God, help me. I've got to change. So I'm here. He's way up near the entrance to the auditorium. And so I don't walk over and say, how you going? Say, hey, good morning, champion. What an incredible blessing you are. You are such a blessing in this house. Righteous man, you are amazing. I got in first before he could confess his stupidity. He's a successful businessman. Just didn't know he was righteous. And so, you know, that, that sort of broke something in him and he... Uh, but about two years, maybe three, two, two or three years ago, I went back to, it's now Calvary on the Sunshine Coast, back to my old church, and they have me preach there regularly. And so I was in, it, there, I think it was a Sunday morning or night or midday, I'm not sure. <laughs> I know it was a Sunday. And so we're there, and just before the service is about to start, uh, I'm down the bottom down here talking to the campus the service pastor, the campus pastor at the time. We're just talking. And I happened to look up and see coming in the back door the Texan hat. And it's, it's, it's advancing forcefully toward me. And I'm thinking, oh, Father, please. He don't, he, I don't think he's forgiven me. And he, 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 he storms down. He's marching down the aisle, gets halfway and he goes... I thought, good Lord, he's got a snake spirit. <laughs> anyway, and so he comes down the front and the service pastor, campus service pastor and me are standing, he comes up and says, I want to talk to you. And as he said that, he dived under his coat. And I thought, goodness, he's going for a gun. <laughs> so what I did, I put the campus pastor between me and him. No, you can laugh, they're expendable. We'll get another one by next Sunday. <laughs> so anyway, so dives inside his coat. Oh, oh, Father, please, please. If our campus pastor is going to die, let it be quick. So he pulls his hand out. He pulls his hand out. He's got a wad of notes that thick. $10,000. He says, I just want to thank you for helping change my life. Isn't that amazing? So now I, I travel around the world. Everywhere I go, I just say, shut up! <laughs> you never know what it'll produce. <laughs> oh, funny. When you get a revelation, 
that you are righteous. Every day you can rise in your righteousness. Whether you feel tired, weary, on top, defeated, arise and shine. You hear what I'm saying? This is very important. Let's have a look at when God looks at you. Put that up there. Oh, I don't know what that top word is. Move it down. That's ridiculous. What is that? Feces? No, it's faces. There you go. Thank you, Roger. Have a look at this. That's better. When God looks at you, his light, he sees the face of Jesus. Let me say it again, because some of you think he's looking at your little pathetic dust problems. What do you think he is? Head of an ant colony. When God looks at you, he sees the face of Jesus. When you look at you, what do you see? Because if you don't see the face of Jesus, the glory of God in the face of Jesus in you, then the third one, no one else will see that either. Because they'll see what you see in your life. That's why so many people are ineffectual and almost defeated in their Christian life. They keep looking at the, the vessel, the vase. They look in the mirror, oh, I've got more pimples and wrinkles. No, see the face of Jesus. Because if you don't, no one else will. And the problem is, if you don't see Jesus, the face of Jesus, when you look at you, when you look at other people, when you look at your mother-in-law, what do you see? The face of evil? <laughs> Depends what you see when you look at yourself. That's why you see your neighbours as a pest and a problem. Because you don't see the face of Jesus. And you won't see the face of Jesus in those that are not Christ-like if you can't see it in you. The reason I can see the face of Jesus in others is because I know how flawed I am, but still see the face of Jesus. Now, here's the deal. I get up every morning, which to me is a miracle. You get up and you go and look in the mirror. You've got to practice this in your life. When you look in the mirror, what do you see? Struggling Steve? You know, I know my flaws and my failings and my age and whatever. Do you see struggling Steve or do you look and see St. Stephen? It's got a nice ring to it. <laughs> so I get up every morning and look in the mirror and see St. Stephen. What's your name? Oh, Greg. Of course, I can't see that far in the dark. Greg, doesn't have the same ring to it, does it? St. <laughs> Stephen, Greg. It's just not the same. But what if it was godly Greg? <laughs> this is very important. I, I want some of you today to go out of here and say, I've been seeing the wrong Steve. Your name. I've been looking at the wrong per I've been looking at the pot, the vessel, not, not the glory. I've been getting up every day and trying to try and polish the vessel instead of rising into the glorious light. 
I am complete in him. He's my righteousness. Everything else. You hear what I'm saying? I want some of you to practice getting up and seeing St. Stephen. Well, whoever you are. When you look in the mirror. I've got uh, six grandkids under five or six. Oh, no, there's another one on the way. I think I can say, I think they've announced that. Anyway, so we've nearly got seven. We've nearly got seven grandkids, six under six, and another one coming in October, November. And one of the little grandkids, he's about three, I guess, three and a half, something like that, and he doesn't talk properly. How many of you know girls talk better and quicker than men? Well, that's a lifetime thing. Anyway, so this little boy, he doesn't, he doesn't talk properly. And so I know the psychologist will tell me off for doing this. But I, I say to him uh, a little time ago, I said, you talk like baby. You, you should be a big boy now. And, and he, he put, puffs his chest out and he says, me no baby, me big boy. And I say, no, you you talk like baby. And he, he comes back at me. Me no baby. Me big boy. You the baby. <laughs> and I say, Papa's not the baby. You, you the baby. She says, me no baby. Me big boy. Nana's the baby. <laughs> and I say, I can't argue with that. <laughs> here's, the, here's the deal, church. Some of you talk like babies. You've never grown up because you've never valued his righteousness in you. It's all about you, the vessel. Cracked, flawed, weak, I can't, you know. You've got to stop talking like that. Me, I hear people in church all, me, me just baby. Me, me no leader. Me just baby. Me, me can't do anything much. Stop it! I want you to practice this week getting up, looking in the mirror. Whoa. And every time you look in the mirror, practice. Me no baby. Me big boy. Me righteous. Me shine. Me change my world. I tell you, you will change your world because of the power of righteousness in you. Stand up with me this morning. I want to pray for you. This is a simple truth, but a powerful, powerful stance of life. Me no baby. Me big boy. Me righteous in Christ and Christ in me. Every day I'm going to rise in righteousness and shine. Someone will come and say, yeah, but look at your cracked pot. Have a look at the shining through the cracks. I want to pray for you. I want you to practice this this week. Because some of you have got to get back into miracle territory. You're so intimidated by the flaws and the, the fault lines. You've forgotten the righteousness of God in Christ. He wants you to shine in your family, 
your world, your business, your city, and change and dispel darkness. Raise your hand to the God of heaven. Father, today I thank you for every person here that's letting the word lodge in their hearts and bring revelation and release the righteousness of God in Christ in me. I'm rising into that to shine by the glory of God. Touch each one today. Let your presence be upon each one. Let the power of God be over us, all around us, and we will by faith rise into it and shine in the will of God. Bless your people today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, let me give people the opportunity of reaching out to God. While I've been preaching, while we've been singing, Holy Spirit has spoken to every person about your relationship with your loving Heavenly Father. You know whether you're right with God or whether you need to come and get forgiveness and cleanse it. You know. And all I'm going to do is give you an opportunity of saying yes to Jesus. I want to be forgiven and cleansed. I want to be declared righteous. Walk in that glorious light here today. If that's you, every head bowed, every person praying, I want to give you the opportunity. I want to pray for you just where you stand. For God to forgive and cleanse you from all sin, all failure, and be declared righteous. If that's you, lift your hand. Steve, pray for me. Yeah, God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Someone else, let me see your hand. Give me a wave. Steve, include me in that prayer. So good. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Someone else, before I pray, Father, these are your people reaching out to you in the power of the love of God. Right now, forgive and cleanse, release, break the power of sin and the devil, set people free, those that are reaching out to you and fill them with your Holy Spirit. They walk out of here righteous. And every day they'll rise and shine in the righteousness of God in Christ. Thank you for it today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, see you tonight, church. God bless you. All these pieces